Does Larissa want to do the intro? No. <laughs> Wade stole the remote. We can't find it. A little rascal. <laughs> My guy. Yep. Causing havoc already. Oh, yeah. I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Muskie Hunks podcast. I'm one of your, looks like, five hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We have four other hunkies on the phone tonight, and we do not have a special guest. This is a hunks only, only fins podcast tonight. So, looking forward to a, a little roundtable discussion with the boys. Before we get started, who do we have on the line here? We're gonna go with. Uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while, buddy. We're gonna go to Mr. Nick Beesler. Good morning. Nice to see you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you Hi, at Nick. right now? I mean, everybody listens to this in the morning, so. Oh, that's true. Maybe yeah, that's fair. Morning. I like that's that. True. That's a good approach. You're still you're still coming to us from a rap video. Oh yeah. Somewhere in your basement. There's a ladder it's, there. It's almost ready for paint. I see progress. Oh yeah. You've been a busy boy over there. Slowly. <laughs> it's good to see your smiling face. We also have on the phone tonight, Mr. Donnie Swanky Swink. Just call me John Cena tonight, boys. Why is that? Because you can't see me. Oh, geez. (laughs) Yeah, we we got a black screen on the Swinkster tonight. It's no bueno on the camera. Yeah, I don't know. You'd think the IT guy could have walked me through fixing this, but. Yeah, I thought he was going to remote access your computer and. Hasn't happened it's yet. It's all cleared up. I just spent the last hour and a half at my local watering hole with with my wife and Dano. So there's no IT work to be had right now. Come on. Yeah, I got to say, you look a little tuned up. I can see it in your droopy <laughs> eyes. I'm a little tuned up. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Dialed nice, in. I had a nice, pleasant all. dinner, and I was enjoying some fine blockhouse pumpkin ale yet again. And I got a few of them sitting here. I might add in reserve. Yeah. Who else do we have on the phone here? We've got, we got (laughs) Nate Buddha, 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 Iron City, Pine Town. Love the show. Love the show. Welcome back, buddy. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I'm glad you're enjoying those fine Iron City beer products. (sighs) This, you know, we didn't really, I don't know if we went in depth on this, but like, the fact that I was calling Iron City just an absolute like ashtray of a beer. And this is like such a slap in the face whenever D looked at me across the table and was like, you know, that's Iron City, right? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's like Nate's going to love this one. My contacts at Iron City told me they released that just special for you. Just to, well, just to spite you. I got to say, I'm glad they did. That is a fine beer. See, there, is there still a blockhouse at the... At the uh, the point, yeah, it's the oldest building in Allegheny County, Jag. Is it? <laughs> oh, I didn't know if it still existed. Wow, someone's gonna fact check me. Actually, the tavern up in the in the West End is. 
I was but gonna the, say, but it's in the city limits, so we'll count on both. That that had to have been like reconstructed, though, wasn't it? No, that old lady was selling candy out of it. It's <laughs> been there for forever. They just had like all that steel mill and everything around it. All around it. <laughs> just just a little lady in the middle selling candy. Just doing her thing. Yeah. We uh <laughs> we also have a hunk that appears to be on the road. Driving to pick up one's daughter, and that is Mr. Owen Seaman. And Actively Gary. seeking muskies. <laughs> He's just out there driving around. Good evening, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on dad duty tonight. I got my my beautiful middle daughter in the car with me as we as I pick her up from uh from her band practice. So I'll be home in about 15 minutes. So I'll be I'll be I'll be switched over then. But for now, you got me in the car, guys. What are we? What is the nickname for your lab there, the Big O's lab? It's it's just the shop. Just I don't the have shop, any other right. nickname for it. Just it, down down the shop. Down the shop. We'll take that. And <laughs> down the shop. This is the mobile lab. Yeah, <laughs> as seen in Breaking Bad. So this is probably a very poor attempt for us to put a podcast out this week. Yeah. Uh, for for everybody listening, it was like. Uh, Hey, you guys want a podcast tonight? Yeah, yeah, we want a podcast. And then 10 minutes till we started podcasting, everybody's like, are we podcasting tonight? Yeah. Owen's like, Owen's running errands, picking up his daughter. I will give everybody else credit, though. They were they were here, minus Donnie's camera. Who knows what he's doing over there? He's just sitting in the corner, the Superman outfit. I'm playing Toe Jam and Earl. That's why I have this shit <laughs> on. <laughs> He's sitting there in his underwear. Uh, so I guess like <laughs> one of the things I wanted to ask you guys, because it's it's been um dude, October's been an interesting month out there on the water. But I want to just kind of I think we should start with like a general check-in where everybody's at right now with with fishing or bait building or whatever. And uh, I don't know if you guys have anybody want to start. I went fishing last week, uh pretty successful. Six fish in the boat, all lake trout. Oh, nice. Where were you? Was this up in Canada? Yeah. All right. So you've been spending a little bit more time up north then? Uh, yeah. I did like a long weekend and then uh, last week, all week for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. The Canadian Thanksgiving. Wasn't that the uh, – didn't, didn't – uh... Oh, and your 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 boy up there didn't Reagan have some kind of special over Canadian Thanksgiving? We were talking yeah. about discounted rates. He had a special that I wanted to I wanted to take part in, but unfortunately, you know that's that's just that's too much of a trip for me to make after doing a whole week in September. Yeah, I was just uh, I just remembered he brought that up to us. I forgot that the Canadian Thanksgiving is early. Yeah, Columbus Day. Wow, that's cool. So you got to spend some time up north. Yep. Did you guys do any other fishing up there? No. Just yeah, went just, out for Lakers two, two days. That's cool. What? So, okay. So here's a question before we go any further. Cause like, I've never done that. That's one of the things that's kind of on my hit list. Like what, what's, what's kind of the deal with the Lakers stuff? Are you guys out there trolling? Is it like spoons? Like what downriggers? Like, well, how, how does that work? Yeah. We got all ours on spoons on downriggers. So we were still running in like 110 feet of water, which like uh, was kind of weird. The water temperature was down to 54. 
So we were like kind of hypothesizing that like the big ones had moved out, like they were heading to spawn. We were getting like 18 inches, 18, 20 inches consistently. But that was all the bigger we could find. That's What's a big of, lake, Charles? Yeah, what is? Like what's considered big? Uh, I think the state record was like 40 inches or something. Well, that's pretty wild. Yeah. I didn't know they really got that big. I know they fight really good, but I didn't know they got that big. Yeah, they get get huge. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's something yeah. that uh So I mean, you do you do much of that out on Lake Erie at all? Um a little bit. Like probably it's all uh weather dependent. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch the wind and all that, but it'll be getting real good here next month. But it's you just got to pick your days. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't but yeah, you you can like slam them up in Erie, and they're huge in Erie. Like up where we go, there you don't get any like really big ones because there's a commercial fishing operation up there. So I think they pretty put a good hit on the. Uh, Biggins. Yeah, I never really think about that because we don't have much commercial fishing going on at Erie, do we? Like I, I knew there there is, but I don't think there's a a lake trout fishery. It's mostly like walleye and perch, I think, right? Because that's usually what I see on menus up there. Yeah, and I think they catch whitefish in Erie too. Okay. I think natural you, in Erie. They were uh they were like extirpated and they've just recently documented natural reproduction in Erie. Again, they've been stocking them since like the 80s. Well, that's pretty and they, wild. And, and they are getting natural reproduction. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think they just documented it like in the last three or four years. All right, that's cool. What else uh, have you done? Any other fishing, Nicholas? Uh, I did get out with uh, one of our loyal listeners, uh, Chris Raz. On- oh, uh. Sorry. We'll bleep that out. We'll bleep that one. Yeah. And uh, got a nice pike and a small musky. Nice pikes. Yeah. Nice pikes. 36er. Was it an Emerson nice pike? <laughs> oh, yeah. Was was Chris using the fly and you, you using conventional gear or what? Yeah, that's what we did for a while. And then uh, we gave up and trolled and caught both fish trolling. Had a boy. <laughs> Give up. Uh, pretty soon, Chris. Chris is going to be selling his, selling his fly rods on the musky flea market and picking up. I wonder if that's rods. the day I saw Chris. Uh, I meant to comment on that, and maybe I did. He posted something on Instagram a couple weeks ago. I feel like of a trolling rod and a rod holder. That was you're it. right. You're right, Donnie. I saw that too. I <laughs> was like, this. Look at this dude. Yeah. <laughs> this is and here. It's thick behind the scenes. Now yeah. it makes sense. So all right, that's good. You Chris guys will got... soon be our new trolling correspondent. And six Next resident trolling expert, huh? Yeah. Be like Nate Bud texting us on random Mondays when he's out there on the water. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get him when you can. I'm on shore. Should I get shallower? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, that's good. At least yeah. you got out. You got. You got. Uh, you said you got a small muskie there too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and we moved a, a good one. Uh, it was actually on the uh, blade with no name, Owen. Uh, oh, the, the one the, that I made. Yeah. Yep. Dude, you should see that these new ones. The because I have them with a smaller blade on them now. Oh really? I mean, dude, it looks so good. 
I mean, it, it, I'm using like a little number five blade. On okay. And it, it shows up really well. So I'm really looking forward to, to I mean, hopefully, hopefully I'll get to throw a couple bucktails at Chautauqua, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, but we'll see. The only thing I was like messing with, I kept getting the blade like hung up on the treble. I don't know if we could like put like a crimp or something in there. Um, yeah, like you mean the blade is like the bottom blade would like slide up the wire and get get in the treble. The wire that holds the blade on is shrink tube to the hook, but. Sometimes if that loosens up, that wire can kind of get loose in there. And I was thinking maybe even like a tiny zip tie. If you zip tied the um, the wire to the treble hook, that would keep them closer together. You know what I mean? Well, that wasn't the issue. It was just like the the clevis and the beads were sliding up the wire. Okay. And that might have been because I was doing some like funky cast because my elbows were still hurting. From Nipissing, so I think if I did like a nice smooth swing, but I was flailing. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't see you flailing. For but some I had reason. one, had one go in the in the figure eight and like nip that tail blade. But that's good, man. I, I've heard, uh, I've gotten a, a lot of messages on that particular body of water over the last two weeks seems like it's really starting to fire up and, and the stockings seems like it's doing pretty well there. So yeah, that's good stuff. All right. How's the house coming up there? Good. Getting there. Did a lot of demo. Got the interior almost all gutted. Did you hide anything in the walls or anything like that? <laughs> I plan to couple, Same. couple kilos, Colombian bam, bam. Oh, big poppy. That's the best insulation, I think. <laughs> That's what Larissa tells me. She's the architect. I believe Joe Cermelli calls that cocaína. <laughs> oh, God, this is like, that's good. All right. Well, what else do you have, Nick? You got anything else fishing wise? No other up- updates from our northernmost correspondent? You're going to do no. any st- no steelhead? No. All right, that's good. All right, who's who else has been out there fishing? Nate, bud, you want to talk about your your little excursion? Yeah, I mean, I went to a local Pennsylvania lake. I was telling Ryan, I was pretty pumped up that um, it was n- Lake Number Five, like different body of water that I fished this year, um, which is like unheard of in my world. So I, I felt good, like getting a bunch of different, like exploring down. Um, went by what myself. Watershed. <laughs> I can't say it. You can bleep it. Bleep, bleep watershed. Just go as wide as you can. Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Dude, go, I was in trolling the Gulf of Mexico. Drainage. Looking for Ron, Mexico. Yeah, no, I mean, it was like, but it was good. I went out. Um, it, I never really fished by myself either, which... Nick was like hyping it up, how good good for the soul it is. Um, so yeah, it was cold as fuck, and I mean cold, flipping cold, and you know launched the boat by myself, pull it back up by myself, spent like six hours trolling by myself. There's nobody else on the lake, which was kind of nice, and just kind of had one nice rip, but I still can't 
I still mess up the the tiller tiller from the tiller to the rod motion is just a mess for me, especially by myself. So I don't know. I slowed it down and put too much slack and just had a, a mess on my hands. But it was nice getting out and felt good getting to a different body of water. I've never fished and it was, it was relaxing, even though the fish were kind of like John Cena also. <laughs> That's what I I I uh I give you credit. I can't handle the tiller life for for drawing. I like it. I've I've I mean I've gotten I think good at like maneuvering and stuff. Like that that's been great, but just as soon as I hear that that real rip, I mean when I have someone else in the boat, I can be like like this rod would have been great for somebody else to like pick up. But by the time, like I was aiming at, I was kind of like making my turn and I'm aiming at the shoreline when it goes. And instead of like, just being like, it's not going to go anywhere, slow myself down and like open, turn into open water. Like I panic a little bit and slow it down and go to pick the rod up and then I'm cooked. Like, so I don't know. It's just a a more, more practice, I guess, in getting there. But I mean, that's how you figure that stuff out, I guess. Right. And that's what I feel like, you know, I mean, if it's on there, you've got time to position right. yourself. Yeah. yeah and I, sorry, don't want No, good. Good. No, no, I just, yeah, I guess just like just inexperienced trolling. I mean, I have, you know, not that many hours really just this year of practicing it in my own boat. And so like, yeah, I guess just. Knowing that I have that time, I guess I'm used to just casting where you're like making reactions right away. You know, you're you're doing stuff as that's on it. And here it's like, no, you have a, a couple seconds, like get the boat in a good spot and and go from there. So I don't know. Finish, finish your beer, you know. Do whatever, do yeah. whatever you need. Change the song. Just <laughs> yeah, turn turn where you gotta go. Yeah. But flip the get comfortable. The grill, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean like it was nice though. I mean for real just getting out on on Mondays and just I mean there was not a soul on that lake and that was kind of crazy. But it was nice and I don't know, a lot of time to myself just to think about think about life, why I'm even out here, you know, all these regrets, all sorts of stuff. It was good. <laughs> I understand. I will say yeah, that we're questioning usually, every decision you've made in your life that led you to that point. Right. That's what you told how, me. In how the did morning. I end up here today? <laughs> I said, this is all the this places by, I could be in the world. This is by far one of the most questionable things I've done lately. <laughs> and I, from a guy who does lots of questionable things, this is, you know, that says a lot, but yeah, I don't know. That's musky fishing, I guess. That is the one thing when I do go by myself, I feel like I never put like a, a hard long day in. It's usually See, like I'm it. the complete opposite. Oh, really? That's when I fish. I feel you go like on the, hardest, on the death march by yourself. Because I don't like, I don't know. Like, I love fishing with other people, but like, as soon as I'm fishing with somebody else, most of the time it becomes like more, I don't know, more like fun, more like hanging out with your buddy. You know, like when I'm by myself and it's like then it's just nothing but me and the fish and like I'm never more in the zone I feel like than when I'm like that like and I could go all day and all night and I don't have to worry about anybody else anything like I don't know that's when I go the hardest 
this is like something that we've talked about a little bit. Like I know Donnie, we've talked about it. Like there's also, when you have somebody else in the boat with you, there's like a little bit of pressure to get them fish. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's dude, when you're out there by yourself, like all of that is gone. There is nothing but you and what you're trying to accomplish. And I, I think there's a lot to that. Like there's a specific comfort of you just, it just being you out there. You know, there's, yeah. no, there's nothing else. Nobody's going to be like, why are you running, you know, wire line and doing, you know, all kinds hey, of goofy uh, shit. You can do whatever why don't you want. We, you know, anything. It's just like sometimes, you know, a lot of that is good too. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of benefits to fishing with other people and bouncing ideas off of each other and everything, you know, you're doing we get caught up in our ways a lot and I might go out and start doing the same thing that I've been doing that hasn't been working or whatever. And, and I go out and Nate comes with me and says, Hey, let's try this. And we, you know, have success. Uh, You know, there, there's definitely something to that, but I don't know for me, like when I go out by myself, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's, more just me versus the fish and i don't have to think about anything else worry about anybody else's well-being in any way like and i can really focus in i don't know i i I enjoy fishing alone a lot i'm not gonna lie maybe it's just because i don't like people that much (laughs) (laughs) especially the older i get Besides, you know, a few of my friends, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess the other part of it though, like, like if I'm doing work on my house, like, like I replaced a faucet once and I call my buddy up just to be like in the kitchen with me, like he's not even helping, but it's nice to just like have another set of eyes or something there. Like, like, am I doing this right? Like I, there's that part of fishing with somebody that I like, you know, like that, I don't know, like in, you get like backup on something like how's this line look like let's keep fishing this you know like just to get reinforcement on things and i i do like that part of it but i mean for going out for the first time like i i did really enjoy that and i it was good to know that i could do it too you know what i mean because i'm used to just either going out with my dad or like going out with a friend and just be like yeah you can you know from the load up to the you know the pull out you could do everything on your own and i don't know that's gonna opened up probably a lot more fishing for me. You know, now I don't have to like find a fishing partner. I'm just going to go out and, and do it. It's definitely easier with a partner, at least a partner that's somewhat, you know, even, even moderately, you know, Pompadour. I won't even say, you know, musky experienced, but just boat experience, you know, with everything from trailering, launching and, and bringing a boat back in, uncovering, covering boats, all of that kind of crap that comes along with it in, in a day trip anywhere, you know, having somebody with you, there's, there's a lot of benefits and I would say efficiency to more time on the water, things like that uh, with, with fishing with somebody as well. But, and obviously it can be a lot more fun to laugh and joke around and, and just have fun with your buddy on the boat for sure. But I don't know. I do like that. Uh, occasionally just getting out by myself and not having to think about anyone else. Usually on those days, I go to a body of water that my phone doesn't work either. And I, I just, I go full into it. 
Let's leave the phone in the car. Yep. I'm no, I, Go ahead, Nader. No, go ahead. No, I was just, I was to say the only thing that I really, I mean, when I was when I was pulling the boat out, I had a hell of a time, and the wind started to pick up. So it was like drifting. I was like, oh, this is no problem. I'll just tie it off. I I struggled with that one, and I'm like yanking it up, almost falling in the water, and this friggin' old guy sitting in his truck just watching me, like sitting in the tailgate, like ten feet away. There's nobody else on this lake. He's not even fishing. He's just sitting in the back of his pickup. I'm just like, can you help? Or like, like I looked at him and he just like waved. I was like, oh shit, you know. Now I get an audience. <laughs> and so you know, thanks Frank or whatever your name was. Appreciate you for that. Thanks Gary. Thanks Gary. <laughs> but <laughs> outside I'll of that, yeah, what, it was it was awesome. Some of the most memorable. I mean, in 2018 and 2019. I did those trips to Nipissing by myself and you, I mean, some of the most memorable, especially the 2018 trip was one of the most memorable trips of my life because kind of, uh, you know, I, I got to spend all that time alone and I was like in a, a place in my life where I had just completely changed my career path. I'd went out on my own, my practice wise, I was just in a total like new space in my life. And I got a week to go up there and just kind of, melt my brain with muskies in a way, you know, just kind of like just uh, completely absorb myself in fishing by myself. Not like you said, not having to worry about anyone else's bullshit. Like, and and it's not even like bullshit. It's just, it's literally like just not having to worry about anyone, you know, not having to worry about anyone else's dinner, not having to worry about how anyone else is feeling like, just like how you go out there and just be able to just do it on your own. I think it's there's something to be said for that. And it's it's a lot for a week. I mean, doing it for a day is 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 great, but you know, doing it for a week, man, it was a little bit of a life-changing experience. Yeah, I've I've never done anything like that. I mean, when I was off work in, you know, in 2020, I fished a lot and I I was going out maybe multiple days of the week by myself, but I was going to different bodies of water and usually, you know, I was still coming home at night to to my house i've never done like a destination trip like that by myself but I, I do think that would be something that i would i would enjoy but it would be probably hard for me to do because i you know if if i'm going somewhere like that i would most likely try to bring my dad or something like that you know but it's like honestly i think i would love it <laughs> i would love to go to somewhere maybe northern minnesota not even well i don't know it would be hard to go there and not fish with Dave as well, I guess, especially because I know Dave's going to listen to this. Uh, Dave, can I come stay at your house but fish without yeah. you for a week? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you see, that's the thing. It's like once you get to know so many people in this industry it's, right. or in this business, or just it's hard to say, oh, I'm going to go fish by myself because you have yeah. these opportunities to fish <laughs> with other people. Back in 2018, I didn't have any choice. I was going by myself because I didn't have anyone to go with. I didn't have anyone else that was – you know, into musky fishing. Uh, it's just, so it, I did it out of necessity, not necessarily out of plan. Right. I gotta say, I've learned something about myself this year because buying the boat, like I had really anticipated fishing alone a lot this year. Like that was one of the things I wanted to do was be able to get out there and spend some time and learn. I, so my wife tells me that I never stopped talking from the moment I wake up in the morning until the moment she falls asleep at night, 
I never stop talking. And one of the things I've learned about myself, dude, is I can't be alone. Like I really can't be. I struggle without really? human interaction, dude. Like I need to have people uh, around. And like this might be why I I really kind of enjoy like the aspect of what I do work wise because I'm always on the phone. I'm always talking to somebody. I'm always helping somebody. Like I'm never just not talking. And I've noticed like the days where I'm out by myself on the boat, I'm like, I enjoy it. Like I really love fishing, but I'm like, I'm like looking around, like maybe this dude on this boat, 250 yards away wants to have a conversation with me. Like, I don't know, dude. Like I don't fucking wave. Yeah. yeah don't wave. Yeah. Like, I, I got, I think I need, don't make eye contact. I think I need regular human interaction. And for me to be out on a boat alone, like though I'm doing it and like, I still enjoy it. Like, I miss having somebody out there with me so much so that if I knew if I was going fishing tomorrow and I didn't have anybody to go with, I got like an 87 year old neighbor that lives right across the street from me. That's been begging to take me. She wants to go fishing. I've thought about it. I ain't going to lie. Dude, take about Lynette, taking Nancy and Lynette from Jeanette. Lynette from Jeanette. Jill from Squirrel you. Hill. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, I'm with you guys. Like, I feel it. Like, I think it's super cool to be out there on the water. But, dude, I gotta have somebody to talk to. See, I, Ryan, I am just man. Especially as I get older, I'm like the exact opposite. Yeah, I could give yeah, a yeah, shit about same, people, man. I uh, could, I, I could, I could sit in silence for hours on end and it not be uncomfortable. Like, it just doesn't bother me. I can. I can be in my own head and, you know, I listen to so much shit, you know, all the time. I can, I keep myself busy, man. That's yeah. a, like the, uh, my dream scenario was like that first week of COVID. I still had to like go to all my sites and stuff where they were like remote little systems and check on them. Nobody on the road, nobody anywhere. It was amazing. <laughs> See? Was, oh yeah. That was great. That was oh, great. So right? Good. Then I found myself sitting in an office. I was one of three people allowed in this office, an office that, by the way, can hold 400 people. And there was three of us in there and I was by myself and it was dead quiet. And I'm like, this freaking sucks, dude. Like it sucked. I hated it so bad. See, I'm with you on that too. I, I like, I like people and like, I find when I'm, I like being by myself every once in a while. Like, and it was nice getting out, but I do I don't know. I was, I like having somebody else to bullshit with. And like, I don't know. There's something nice about that too. Companionship. Uh, I completely agree. I feel like it's, to me, it's like two kind of, it's almost like comparing apples to oranges in a way. Like I obviously, you know, I like, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy going out and going fishing with any of you guys and we can hang out and hopefully catch fish and joke around or whatever and, bounce ideas off each other, et cetera, all day long. And, and I do that a lot, but I, you know, I enjoy just as much, if not sometimes a little bit more going out by myself. And I just think again, like, I don't know if it just feels like it's more, I, I don't, I'm more into it that way. Like I'm more into the fishing aspect of it. Like, it's a different scenario. Whereas if somebody's with me, I'm trying or not trying to, but I am enjoying the company of whoever I'm with most likely as well. And I'm not just focused on fishing, not necessarily that I'm not, 
but it's a different level of focus when I'm out by myself because I'm not paying attention to anything else but fishing at all. Yeah. I mean, I and hear and you get to be, you get to be more focused. I mean, especially if you're, if you're just going to go out and troll, you can be more focused in trolling your three rods as opposed to having to deal with six and you know what someone else wants to run and you know, yada, yada, yada. You get to pick your program and just say, listen, this is, this is what I'm doing. And go with it right or even like i mean truthfully like again when i go i'm talking about like fishing by myself like i like to cast and i like to troll and i like to do those things you know a lot of times bounce back and forth between those things throughout a day that's a lot harder to do when i have another person on my boat and a six rod spread and you know ryan reed showed up with eight buckets of bait six planos <laughs> a fucking yeti cooler <laughs> yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with that but it's like i don't know i i get you get more kind of locked into what you're doing i feel like and again when i'm by myself i just feel like i can be more in tune with all right, this is happening now. I want to do this. Like, okay, the trolling bite ain't working. I've been at this for a few hours. I'm going to pull it and cast. Yeah, and you don't have that pressure to like justify it to somebody else. Deal. It's not trying to talk the person in the boat next to me into buying into that same idea. It's just, this is what I want to do now. I'm going to do it. And you also so don't have to explain why you're not catching fish. Like, that you know, well. when you have someone on the, when you have someone on the boat you're kind of like trying to justify well these spots like this is why we're fishing these spots like if you're by yourself you just go do it like you don't have yeah. to answer to answer to anyone as to why you're doing something that's what, like a... larissa always gives me a hard time because we'll be like oh we're i'm we're gonna check out this spot and it's usually trash and she's like why do we even stop here and i was like well now we know but now we know there's See, no fish here. We yeah. can add it to the long list of other spots. Exactly. <laughs> it's been eliminated systematically. <laughs> and I guess with technology too, it's not like you're ever really by yourself. Because when I went through a foot of water and then hung up all my lines trolling, I was texting Nick and, you know, sent in. He couldn't help me clear the lines, but he was still there with me, kind of. <laughs> was there really, in spirit? I, I, love, I love this though, because this kind of speaks to like, I, I I was talking earlier in the month, I was talking about, I put a post out there talking about like getting help from your team, right? Like you have a group of friends that are involved in musky fishing. And sometimes these guys are like helping you or cheering you on and they're not on the boat with you. Like that's the prime example of it. Like you're getting text messages and regardless of not being like Nick, not being able to help you clear the spread there, like, <laughs> you know, like you're still getting help and your, you know, advice, and you can still use the phone to, to do that when you're out there, when you feel like you need it, or you can just go full on swinky and just immerse yourself in the suck. That's what There's been a lot of that this year. A lot of, a lot of immersion. <laughs> Drowning and suck. Yeah. I'm, I'm in it, in it up to my ears. <laughs> it was entertaining when I was lake trout fishing up in Canada. It's like, middle of nowhere you're probably like 10 miles from town or something like that and it used to be like as soon as you even like left town you lost cell phone service now it's just like I just got an avionics up on my phone using that for 
you know, keeping on the structure and it's like, yeah, and just not, there's no, uh, no isolation anymore. No, there's no escaping it. No matter what. Yeah. You can just see like the cell phone towers blinking in the distance. And well, that was interesting that, that, uh, you know, to hear that Eagle Lake is actually that remote still where there's, you know, not no service. good cell phone, good cell service. Yeah. Like, you know, Kyle was saying, cause I, you know, even on Nipissing, you can pretty much get, if it's, there's not really much in the way of dead spots. I mean, every once in a while there's something small, but it's not like you're out of touch with reality. You know, yeah. I think I have better service there than I do in my living room. <laughs> really? <laughs> ridiculous. I thought I was going to be off the grid. I was getting work calls all week. Crazy. Yeah. Dude, that's that's the other thing that, that blows my mind, too, because I've been out on the middle of Lake Erie and have had cell service. Like the middle of St. Clair, I'm sending pictures to people from like the middle of St. Clair, like yeah. literally the border between the us and canada i remember when when i was like younger it was like you literally like lost sight of shore you lost you didn't have cell phones with this and now it's like pretty much all the way across the lake it's wild i was gonna say even at nipissing not that long ago i mean just 10 years ago we used to have to stand on top of the big rock behind the cottage just to call home yeah otherwise otherwise you didn't have anything i mean and that's that was in the South Shore, which is way more developed than the West Arm and stuff. And and now, yeah, like out there, which seems way more in the wild, you can you can text from anywhere. It's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. It really is. So while while we're on this topic, I'm trying to get everybody's update here. <laughs> Nick's been out lake trout fishing. Napud's been out scouring local lakes here. Donnie. Can we just talk about your season for a minute, or is this an, is this not allowed? I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So you've you've alluded to having a rough year, and I think honestly, I think some of this is because you just really haven't fished that much. You know, having having the the baby there and family commitments and things, dude, that struggle is real. And I know, like all of you guys, can attest to that. You know, like what? So I guess let me ask you this, because I know you've been. It sounds like you've been fairly frustrated, and I didn't want to skirt this. I want to go directly into this thing. Oh, we're going into this. We're going into this because we're doing this. Head first. Because, you know, it's easy for us to get frustrated at whatever it is, like whether it's the amount of time on the water. And all of us know it. Anybody that knows you knows you're a good stick. Like you, you put fish in the boat. Like all the bump and sub stuff aside, like all that, all that crap, like you're, you're a good fisherman. You've taught me a lot. I can speak for that personally, but like what, what happens when you have a year where you don't get out on the water as much as you'd like, or the days that you have, because this is another thing that happens to us as musky fishermen. You know, we work 40 plus hours a week. Sometimes you're just kind of relegated to like Saturday, Sunday type deal. Like you've had some rough weather days out there too this year. So why don't you kind of give us an update? Like what, how do you, how are you doing? Number one. And how are, how you, are you doing? Huh? How are you handling Just, your season right now? Huh. Well, yeah. I mean, look, we all know what musky fishing is, right? And I joke around a lot, but I, I also, some of it does come from, a bit of seriousness at the same time, you know, uh, 
So am I a bit frustrated? Yes. Am I frustrated at what musky fishing is? No. I know what I signed up for. We all know what the odds are, especially when you're going out uh, with limited time, uh, you know, weekend warriors at the, you know, what at the mercy of the forecast, all of the above. Uh, I think where if if we're really gonna dive into where, uh, well, I guess we could start with saying it's been a rough year for me. Uh, I, I had a couple trips. You know, I took off week early in the spring when Dave came to PA. We spent a week up a pima tuning right up to the spring fling. Hope to get Dave in Minnesota on some PA fish. You know, we spent a whole week out there. As per the usual, a big cold front hit that week, uh, and we struggled. We only hooked a handful of fish. Uh, we landed one like 30, and then on the last day, Dave was actually out with Josh. I was fishing by myself, and I did, you know, manage to put a uh, like a 45-incher in the boat. Uh, but but that was it. And, I mean, that was a week's worth of fishing, so that's a and a few lost fish, you know, when you're going to a place like Pima Tuning in the spring, obviously you're hoping for a lot more action than that, but you get what you get. And then, you know, I've passed that. Obviously we already talked about the Nipissing trip, which was also a bit of a struggle, same kind of scenario. The weather kind of beat you down uh, as well as, you know, a few weekend trips of my own that just, didn't really seem to pan out. Ryan and you and I had that other day uh, at the Chautauqua tournament in June. I mean, that's the last muskie I caught uh, was that day. Those two fish on the boat. Uh, last time I even was involved in a muskie being hooked. <laughs> I haven't been out a ton, but I've been out enough that I would like to think between now and then it should have earned me a, a couple more fish on a, on a, at least a better year. Um especially because a few of those days were with guides as well. So, I mean, I guess I say all that to say, look, that's musky fishing, right? We all know that. It's it's a grind. It's tough. If if it were easy, it would be called your mom, right? We talked about it. But <laughs> uh, all that being said, like it gets to a point where, I don't know, for me, I just start to question – I don't know, like like you said, I mean, I don't say this in a way to sound like, certainly not in a way to sound like it's bragging because this is not meant like that at all. But I have caught some fish throughout my time musky fishing. I've I've caught 35 inches from Pima tuning from time, you know, enough of them, uh, that kind of stuff. I've caught a few fish. Like I have goals that reflect more like trying to get a big fish casting and stuff. And it's just like with the limited time that I've, I have and what I've been trying to do, it's starting to make me question if it's, you know, even realistic or am I just wasting my time out there? Because And then like, you know, so then do I even want to do it? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think I would really, again, I joke around. I don't think I would ever like, quit musky fishing but i've started to lose some motivation to go because i just feel like i know 
how slim the chances really are, if that makes sense, given the limited amount of time that I really have and the goals that I'm trying to reach at this point in my musky career, if you will. Yeah. And I think that, so this is the reason I wasn't trying to put you on the spot or anything, but this <laughs> is like, think about this, dude, we all go through struggles. Like every single one of us, there's people out there right now that are going through struggles. Like this is important for our podcast to show people like we all go through these struggles. Like these are the things we feel when things aren't going right, or we don't have the time to get out there because that in itself is frustrating, dude. It is. It, it, it literally, it'll burn you down to your core when you have this fire to get out there and chase these fish and you just can't get the time and you can't get a good solid weather pattern to make it happen. Like it eats at you. It really does. Like it's frustrating. And, and it's dude, it's like, we don't, again, like we don't talk, people don't talk about this stuff. They don't talk about like, when you get to that breaking point where you're like, I'm going to sell my freaking boat. I'm going to sell my lures. I'm so upset well, yeah, and mad you, right now. Yeah, like, after time, and you do start to look at the money invested in, you know, in let's not let's not sugarcoat it. You know, all of our spouses see the money that we spend on yeah. this, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'd say the last thing your spouse wants to hear about is you bitching or unhappy about the thing that's supposed to be yeah. your hobby and that you're spending all this money on. And that's how I, I, and I, I, that's how I feel like when I come in and, and I'm like, you know, frustrated and I come back from a week up there and I'm frustrated. Like I, I have to always kind of check myself and just be like, listen, you know, in put, put things in perspective, I guess, because my wife doesn't want to hear that about how rough musky fishing has been with me. Oh, right. know, yeah. I mean, I've, just I've a... got that one before and I've got that in trouble for that without even like really thinking about it. Just like I'll be out on the boat and we'll be texting back and forth. She's at home with the baby. Right. How's it going? And I'm like, oh, it's a rough day out here. You know, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Let He's me like, tell you about a rough day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You want to hear about a rough day? Oh, who like, I didn't it? even mean it like that. I just... Oh, it was Mike Conklin sent me a sent me a, a reel on Instagram that was hilarious. I don't know if you guys saw it. It's basically this dude's wife when he's out hunting and she's like yelling at their like, you know, their their ring doorbell camera or whatever. And she's just basically going on and on about how, oh, he's out there sitting in the sitting in the woods, you know, enjoying himself all by himself while she's here listening to three little assholes yell at her. <laughs> It's funny. I'll have to I'll have to find that and send it to you guys. That's that's so good. But dude, like I I I I've been there. Like I've felt that and and I'm still like relatively new. Like I don't even have the experience you have, Donnie. Like and I felt that. I feel it day to day. I feel it week to week. Like I went without a fish the basically half of August and all of September. You know, and it wasn't like lack of trying. Like I was out there. You know, I, I might not have been fishing right. <laughs> and Nate, you can attest to this because we spent some time out there too. But like, it's, it, it, over time, it, it burns you. It like makes you question what you're doing. I got two but thoughts I, on that too. Oh, sorry. I, I was just say like, 
when I when I was like exclusively pike fishing and going up one week really of a year, I never felt the type of like frustration, even on on weeks where we like could not get into fish and you might have had like a handful of pike like that was nothing compared to like the the pressure I felt with musky fishing. Like what a weird thing. And it, and it was no different. It was like not not catching fish and man this week you know, all these resources and put into it, but like musky fishing is just such a different beast in that regard. I don't know why. And like, what other hobbies do people have that, you know, maybe aside from like golf where like people get frustrated and like, F this hobby, I quit. Like oh, someone yeah. like uh, someone work, work woodworking in their basement, like fuck it. I'm selling my scroll saw. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like that's <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, stupid like, ass cricket. Stupid ass cricket. Like, yeah i I don't know like it just the the fish the fish does something crazy like and i I don't know i just never felt that way about a hobby in my whole life and i really don't get worked up but when donnie you're saying that stuff i'm like dang like that's musky fishing but that has a a spell over people that other things don't well i think part of what correct like it's like i do i believe wholeheartedly in Pete Mayna's book of I think we've talked about it on here before, but the and musky suck when he talks about how it's it's a, a disease. Like I, I'm with that 110. percent Like there's it does something to you. There's no doubt about it. My, you know, you you don't spend this much money, this much time, and this much resources in general for something that you get back so little from if you're not a a little fucked up by it somehow (laughs) well i guess we have to say like what are you getting back from it you know like what are we looking to get back are we looking to get back in return only big only fish and only big fish or are we looking to get back in return what the hobby is and the friendships and everything else that that we have here yeah because I, you're right, those... but that's where I think the musky thing gets weird because if you're just going out to have fun, like why wouldn't you fish for something that's easier to catch and like just go out and have a good old time? Like, go because get I think there's something smacked in up that... in Lake Erie and reeling in walleyes all day or whatever. Like, you're there's doing something it... in that chase. We're we're all right. doing this for that. That why you know we're all we've all chosen this path so to speak <laughs> like and it's it, everybody knew that muskies were called the, the fish of ten thousand casts before we even got started doing it right you know so i think part of it is that chase and i think i i would look at it and this is just again me i would kind of look at it like donnie when you when it does break open for you like it's just gonna make it that much better like because you you can't have you can't have ups without downs and the lower your downs, the, the greater, you know, the, the, the better your ups are going to feel. So this is a down point. Everyone has down points. If everyone could do it. And if it was easy, as we said, it'd be called your mom. Like, it, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's hard. Donnie, when you, bre- when it breaks open for you, man, you're going to, you're just, it's going to, the floodgates are going to open and, and all this talk of, of, you know, this year is going to, going to be in the in the hind you know in the rear view mirror that's kind of the way i look at it because that's the way the law of averages work out when you fish as much as you do and you do the right things as much as you do and that's it's all going to be it's going to be all that much better i always think of it as like i've gone fishing for 
almost everything you can fish for in Pennsylvania. And I've gotten skunked fishing for all of that. I don't like eating fish, so might as well go get skunked fishing for muskies. I'm not going to keep them anyway. <laughs> I, Worst I, case, you're out for a boat ride. That's, I mean, that's, that's mm. part of it, too. I love that Owen was taking the the positive side of this thing too. Like we're talking about building friendships and like having fun and enjoying the, like all that stuff is, is true and it's accurate, but like, let's be honest, like we're out there spending time to catch fish. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like we want to put muskies in the well, bag. No, like, well, that's what I was getting at. It's not that I, I uh, again, I 100% agree with you, Owen, but you know, I do think there's a different level with muskies if there wasn't, we wouldn't spend, you know, we wouldn't go to the right. Musky Max and drop twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, and yeah. and, and you know, I mean, do shit like that. So it's like it, it becomes this kind of fifty dollars, like balance <laughs> of $10. like, yeah, you're here to have fun, but at the same time, like, we're treating this as more than just your average hobby in terms of time expense etc so like it's like where's where's the the how do you balance it where's the line of you have to take it somewhat serious right to at least in my head just because of the investment or or it's not worth the investment but you also you know need to enjoy yourself or why the fuck are you doing it you're right (laughs) we're all screwed up in the head i i was thinking i know nate i didn't want to cut you off there but i was thinking about this donnie said he was gonna pick up bowling this week that was actually ryan elizondo's idea okay was it it i I jumped on it because all i could think of is a big lebowski and they looked like they were having way more fun in that movie than i ever have on my boat anymore think about this for a second okay what's the investment to get into bowling Okay. Aside from all the nachos and beer you got to drink to build that bowling beer gut, because that's an investment. But like, think about yeah. it. What you need? What's a the pair most of expensive shoes. bowling ball? Like, can you get a bowling ball for three hundred dollars? Nick's shaking probably, his head. Probably, probably so. can. Yeah, my guess yeah. is they probably get pretty expensive. But <clears throat> someone tells like one me to, you could still get three hundred dollar range. What do you? What's the most bowling equipment you could buy? A really nice ball, a pair of shoes, and glove. In a bag like to how much money ball. could you possibly spend? In right. a towel. Exactly. <laughs> you need can a good towel. Imagine the Impala. Imagine the musky fisherman that switches the bowling and he has 20 bowling balls. This one's in <laughs> like every shad, different color. Shad color. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you're gonna throw the perch glitter tonight. <laughs> yeah. Gets better strikes. Strings have been falling on Orange Tiger this week. <laughs> been banging on pins all day <laughs> on orange tiger oh, God. <laughs> no, that's a good that's so true i mean we chose we chose this sport um, and hobby sport however you want to term it when there are a lot of others that would have been a lot cheaper and probably a lot less frustrating you know so we've done it to ourselves that's for damn sure well, the, the other part too, though, I mean, you talked about it and I, I think about it when you, when you talk about like the frustrations this year, but being a parent, like that element into like, into just life in general, like don't like sleep on that either. Like things, everything changes, you know what yes. I mean? And like the, the things I used to enjoy pre fatherhood, 
like I don't I can't even think about anymore. And and I there's just that other element too that like I think now when my girls are gonna be six and four, like life's returning kind of to like a pre-child normalcy a little bit. But I mean you're in the thick of it with your Yeah, that's a great point, Nate. Because it it take it can make those hard days worse when you're not catching fish, when you're struggling, thinking, you know what? Maybe I should have just stayed at home and been with my kid and made my wife happy and, you know, had a, a you know, I get that. That is totally true, man. I, you I, guys can't see me right now, but I'm nodding right along because that is. Yeah, definitely I mean, because that's an aspect of life that you don't you can't like, put into, you know, really words. Right. Well, two years, years ago, ago, I did, it, you know, it wasn't a big deal uh, to be gone all day. You know, um, my wife and I spent our time together when we spent, you know, in the evenings and whatever. But I would fish from, you know, sun up to sundown, uh, especially on the weekends. And a, a couple of the years there, I was getting out a good bit through the week, too. And it didn't really matter. So that that was a huge part of it. But now, like, yeah, if I'm out there and I'm getting my ass kicked for the 10th time in a row uh, and I know that my wife's pissed off at me because I'm out here anyway. Right. And, you know, it's just like, what what the hell are you doing out here, Donnie? That's what we I don't know if that was before or after we hit record. But what we were saying, I was saying that to Nate Bud earlier when you just start questioning every decision in your life that led you to that point. Why? How you got here right now? Well, and think about like being on the boat fishing by yourself, like we were talking about. Like you can't really do that anymore. Like even if you are by yourself, like you kind of have to be on call. Like. Like right. you might have to like my wife's like when I go leave on Friday on uh, Mondays and fish by myself or when I'm out, she's like, you have to be within an hour. And because if like the daycare calls and I can't go and pick the girls up, like that's right. you. And like, good luck finding a spot to fish within an hour, like to make it worthwhile. And so it that's just a whole other piece that I think like, you know, it's easy to kind of gloss over. But at the end of the day, like it's it's still way in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a factor. Even just like, you know, in the summer in years past, like even when I was working, I would have been getting off work and a couple of days a week, I would have thrown my boat in on the river or shot up to Arthur on a Friday and fished till, you know, a couple hours after dark even or whatever. But, you know, I, I haven't done that. I just don't, I don't really have the time. So I, you know, I go home. Uh, so that's, I have no doubt that that's a factor in why it's been a tough year. I still feel like I've been out enough that I would like to think I would have more success than I have this season. But again, that's, that's how it goes. Just yeah. the way yeah, she goes, tough. Donnie. I think What's the, that just the way she goes. Yeah, I agree. The, the other element here too is like, I mean, how long have you been at Mac discount now? Cause it's been what a year. No, I mean I've I've been with two years. How, how long two have years, I been I working working there? I mean I've been working for the company for two years now. It's been two years already. Whoa! Yeah, I was but just gonna say like McKee, uh, McKee's Rocks, like uh, like a year in the position now. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah, was. like you're definitely working. Your responsibility oh, yeah, level 
it, yes, that all contributes too, dude. Like the the responsibilities yeah. at work. Like you're working, you have a phenomenal job, but now you got to travel some too, because you're driving into the rocks every day. Which I can tell you from experience, like I got to drive an hour to an hour and a half one way every day. There is little to no chance by the time I get home, even in the summer, that I could throw the boat on even a local lake that's 20 minutes down the road from me. Right. So, I mean, all that stuff comes into play here. And this is like, this is the real, like the real talk here about musky fishing and like all of us with, with kids, well, you guys with kids, you know, jobs and, and just families and like trying to manage the whole thing and still find time on the water. But yeah, I wasn't like, I didn't bring this up to like mess with you, Donnie. I just, this is like really, to me, this is a good kind of discussion overall because I know there's other people out there that have spent time on the water this year. They're also frustrated, whether that's just not catching fish or, you know, like I've had, we've talked about days where you're just out there and the only thing you can catch is a, is a crib, you know, like <laughs> losing baits. Like even that, like I, I haven't lost that many baits this year, but I've talked to guys that are just like, man, I keep losing baits and 25, 35, $45 on a lure. You lose five, six, seven lures in a year. You're ready to about, Call it quits. I just keep buying baits. I don't have to lose them to lose money. I just keep buying them. I I think Nate hit the nail on the head there when brought up the new parent thing, because I think that really has an effect on you. You you want to do you want to be as successful as you were beforehand. And when you're not, it's it, it. It becomes more frustrating. Um. And dude, having three kids now, I remember, you know, I always, I always tend to go back to golf because that was kind of where my life was when I was, when I had young kids and dude, I was playing great golf in 2009, 2010, 2011, when my kids were, when my Sebastian was just born and I I was still able to play, dude, the more kids I had, the more difficult it was to play golf, the worse I played the more the more frustrated i got playing golf the less i played then okay so it was like this complete cycle where my frustration led to me simply not playing more not playing much which then led to me playing worse which then led to me not wanting to play at all which then led to me wondering why the hell i'm spending all this freaking money to be at this stupid country club to play this stupid game that i just do not enjoy because i'm not good at it anymore and and that was because I took it competitively. You know what I mean? I I guess if I, and with golf, I could never go back to being, I could never go back to golf and just be a guy that just like, oh, just enjoyed going out there and playing. Like I'd have to go out there and compete. It, it So I, the, once I had the kids and they became the focus of my life, it was pretty easy actually at that point to say, you know what? Golf just isn't, for me anymore and that's exactly when i was started catching some muskies and things in my life were like wait a second my kids like to be outdoors my kids like to be on the water my kids like to do this type of stuff like holy cow i could get my family involved in fishing and outdoors as opposed to being around this country club and this toxic atmosphere as i i looked at it you know and so kids 100 percent changed the course of my, you know, 
my hobby, so to speak. I hope I certainly hope you don't get dis get as disenfranchised with golf as I did. I mean, with musky fishing as I did with golf. Uh, but you know, it's, if you have another kid, it ain't going to get any easier. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I will say this too. Uh, slapping five when you catch a fish is a lot different than slapping five when you're rolling the sausages over on the grill. High five. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know why I'm saying it, but I feel like, Swinky, this is like you're – I mean, I know you, and I know that all the stuff that we've talked about in the last couple of days, like you're going to be – you might take a little break here, but I'm going to see you spryer than ever at Muskie Max, and you're going to be out there short lining in the spring, banging fish in no time. And life will be. Are we gonna do a hunk spring weekend? I feel like we should do it. Why not? I sure hope so. Can I don't know. Not, I'm like bummed. Can we, we not do it fall weekend? Can we not do it like during a bug hatch? Yeah, we could <laughs> do it. Possible? Any, you, you guys pick the weekend. Don't let me pick because I'm terrible at picking weekends. I can tell you that. So well, if somebody basically, else, basically any job. day before any day before Memorial Day. Any weekend before Memorial Day, the lake is fairly, you know, most of the lakes are fairly open. I keep Anyways, thinking we'll talk of, about that another time. I keep thinking I of Donnie rolling, rolling to a bowling alley with the Lakewood and pulling out bowling shoes out of the Lakewood. <laughs> a bunch of different pairs. Different Which ones am I going to go with? Oh, unzips this big Lakewood and pulls a ball out and like, he's got, like the bowling size. shoes. <laughs> He's All got, the people like, there are like what? multiple <laughs> yeah. sizes of shoes too. Like he's got fours and like fives, so, sixes, and sevens. <laughs> this is gonna be a poorly made musky meme by <laughs> by Monday morning. I guarantee it. It's Donnie little, Swink always brings all his balls down be the man alley. behind the meme. What's that? I don't I, I'm just going by what I heard there. Dude's calling shots on, on musky memes. Makes me wonder if we uh, got the uh the culprit right here in front of us, right under our nose. Yeah. He, he's an accomplice. He's not the guy, though. We met the guy. We're giving him a shout out right now. We're not burning him. I was just trying to keep him off their off his trail for him. Send him <laughs> no. Nate Bud's way, but Ryan <laughs> yeah. ruined it. I did. I'm I, sorry, dude. I didn't I know what a, you were doing there. I have a burner, but it's not that. Is it you? No. Did you? Are you the one I've been looking for? I'm not, is I'm it not. you? No. Somebody, somebody is out there ripping off. I was all of our bait I pictures. was sitting there defending you. So what are you talking about? Well, you did, but is that is that a, <laughs> is that a slippery Nate Bud thing, or is that? Are a, you in? A, are you in like an Instagram battle no, or something? I, I got it. No, there's no battle. We're not battling. We're not battling here. But what is the, the name of this Instagram page? Is can it we, workhorse can, baits or something? Are we allowed to drop this workhorse baits? I already did it. All right, somebody, we need to. somebody that we know is ripping off pictures of our fishing lures. And if you go out to Instagram, workhorse baits, and I don't know who it is, and I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the pictures here to make sure it's not any of yens. But there's I can pictures. tell you somebody posted my my famous meatball on there. I don't know who the fuck I know, is. but I and know my, I only sent that to the hunks chat. So unless it leaked, oh, I see that. My flow perch mojo showed up on there today too. Nate found it and I was like, what's this guy doing? 
And I don't care. It's just a picture of a bait. I just want to know which one of you, you jack and apes is responsible. It says stolen valor. I think I know. You think you know? I do. All right. I, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that to myself though. All right. We're not going to burn. Uh, it, well, but... I, I'm, I'm just going by one of the pictures. Fair enough. One of right. I, I will say that your guys. I might be I know wrong. who I can tell you. I know who most of those baits belong to on that page. And, and to me, that me that is unbelievable. That people can look at a random set of lures and be like, "I know whose lure that is." I did it too because I know exactly. <laughs> I know that's hook rash. Well, I know whose hook rash no, that is. His his first his first post is a bait that I'm very uh, is a a bait that I'm personally familiar with. I was looking at that one too. That we've talked that we've actually. Did- discussed on this podcast and i see (laughs) we've actually discussed that bait in particular oh i know who it is i know who it is now okay all right all right all right solved mystery solved wasn't i'm pretty sure i called that and you did you called it you definitely called it but i was not i was not uh that's it. That's beautiful. I, but I, I know I like the I like the idea. So so okay. So the idea is that these are baits. The pictures are baits that have worked hard, that have have been ridden hard and put away wet. This is. I mean, it's a great. I was just like, how did I literally posted that that mojo, and it was like it wasn't that long after it popped up there, and like Nate was like, check this out, and I'm like, what the. <laughs> Dude. I was real. Sh- I was real shitty about it. I was. I was walking around downtown. He's like, he's like, what? You're not even going to give Ryan Reed credit for this? His bait? You're not even going to give? I'm like, just delete it, dude. Delete it. I don't want any trouble. Like, I'm over here. Like, no more enemies, please. I was downtown looking for a fight, and I saw it. And I was like, what the tarnation? But yeah. <laughs> All right, that's mystery solved. If only I knew who this person was, I could send them a picture of my uh, favorite boss shag because I feel like old Joe should be on that wall somewhere. Is that the one that that lays with the Lady of the Lake? Yeah. There's there's photographic evidence of them, though. Total Island stump. We're going to get them back someday. (laughs) We're going to get them back. Oh. Owen, oh, I gotta because that. Let me just say that all happened organically because I didn't even I didn't even see that I didn't even see that post until right now, and I looked it up, and I'm like, wait a second, I recognize a couple of those. I, I I literally and we had we had Charlie going earlier too because I was like, I know that Wiley, I've seen that Wiley before, I know that bait. Like I looked right at it, and immediately yeah. I was like, that's, that's Charlie's freaking Wiley. How did it get on there? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the only one that's his too. There's at least one or two. That Matlock's his too, isn't it? Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> that you guys know that. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a... especially when you think about how many baits we all own. Oh yeah, like, yes. Like I'm Charlie thinking about Charlie owns like 2,500 baits, and I'm I thinking about pick one of his baits off a random freaking Instagram page. I'm thinking about Ryan's friggin' tackle <laughs> boxes on his boat. If you've ever seen Ryan's tackle box with all the mojos in it, there's 180 mojos crammed into that. And oh, he's yeah. like, oh, he goes, grab the D's perch one. Bro, I don't know where that's at. There's 150 <laughs> lures in here. So the fact that you... You're going to have to give many... me some direction. Yeah, the it's fact that like people... Matt can... 
Yeah, it'd be like Ro E E E cell four. Yeah, people possess lore number like twelve sixty eight. Like, oh, that's his lore. That's Ryan's lore. I've seen it. I know that's I've his. Seen it. I've seen it. Oh <laughs> God, that was so good. Now, now I can I can like laugh about it, and I wasn't I wasn't even mad. I, I and Nate can attest to this. I wasn't mad about it. I was just like, how did it get there? And then I started looking, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's got to be somebody. <laughs> I was mad for both of us. Uh, you were mad. You were upset. And I was like, I'm just don't don't go to war, Nate, bud. It's fine. It's I, a beautiful thing. But we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it as a mystery for our listeners because oh, yeah. we have not revealed it. So it's we're let's go let's let's give there. let's give this go out go out to workhorse baits <laughs> on Instagram and follow this because <laughs> there's a couple legendary lures out there on that on that page right now. And I, I like the idea. Like it's find find some baits idea. that have obviously obviously caught some fish some workhorse workhorse baits and show them off While everyone shows the it, fanciest Nate, why don't you plug one of your other burner accounts <laughs> me you have another burner account <laughs> no i only have my personal one in chasing tails oh, you I have another one i think i only have chasing tails I don't know. You had both of them blocked. We're, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to have his his uh you know family one. Oh, I gotta tell you guys a story. I did have I you blocked because you, you you reminded me of what I call a uh, something account with yeah. the chasing tails thing. When you J I M B O. I uh I I was with I I uh oh man I want to tell you guys this but I don't know if I can. I have so I was I was with. And he's like, hey, have you gotten any like weird friend requests on Instagram? And I was like, like, what do you mean? And he's like, starts showing me. <laughs> he has like, so had his Instagram account, which this is a common thing. Like I didn't figure this out for like months in, but he has his account set to open and there had to be like 150, like just complete like Bots. scammer scammer accounts. Like <laughs> following him so we, we I literally had I <laughs> big was like, titty scandinavian <laughs> chicks yeah like i can't figure i couldn't figure out i'm like how do i turn this account to private so i'm like and i'm on an android and i cannot navigate android phones for anything i'm on my phone my entire life is apple like i had to figure out how to get, switch his account to private because he at one point he looked at me and he's like look at all these big women that are following me <laughs> it's so good <laughs> And I, I, I got to love to see pictures got, of me and my Masuela won't leave good, me alone. She wants me to come good, to Tijuana. Yeah, I got a good laugh out of it, but it was, uh, dude, that's brutal. Cause like you really like, if you're open, you just get hammered with those things left and right. But I that was say, uh, some of the best sunset picks on anyone I've ever seen. Does. So I can understand why he would get an influx of followers. He does take a lot of nice pictures. I just enjoy like all the randos that we get like messages on uh, on the musky hunks page. It's like for promotion, blah blah blah. Like this oh, yeah. account that's like fourteen minutes old. Post on fishinglife.com. <laughs> Seems oh, legit. Yeah. yeah, the art the artwork ones are the ones that get me all the time. <laughs> like you know, for screen printing and and oh yeah, get your own custom... fishing logo here. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The hell do I need a logo for? I'm just a guy. I just yeah. took my Swink Outdoors page down now. I'm just Swink Junior because I hate <laughs> muskies. 
Let's take the page down and change my name. I know, I know. And you you put up a brand new picture. You eliminated muskies from your life. Called rebranding, Ryan. <laughs> Cleansing, yes. It's a cleanse. It's called a cleanse. You I get it. Sometimes you got to drink a drink, <laughs> shit it all out for like three days, get rid of all the crap. I uh, come back stronger. We're we we promised that we have two hunks that said they got to get off the phone early tonight. So I want to move. I want to keep this moving. Owen, why don't you give us an update? Like, what's going on over at the shop? Like, have you been out fishing at all? I haven't been out fishing at all. Well, I mean, well, we, we, I mean, Donnie and I, I hopped on Donnie's boat, but I think we talked about that already. We didn't catch anything, um, but it was nice to get out on Donnie's boat as usual. Uh, and as we've talked about, it's I kind of I like I want to be the guy that isn't a pain in the ass. Like, I don't even bring many baits. Like, I just kind of hop on the boat. Like, I don't. I'm not bringing anything. I just. I'm there to to watch and be a part of whatever person is, who, whoever's boat it is. So it was fun to to hop on with Donnie, spend a couple hours with him. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to be the good luck charm. Well, that's how are things going on going over at the shop? Uh, uh, they're okay. I mean, I'm I'm just building building stuff. You know, I'm. Building a bunch of the a bunch of the bucktails with the little stinger blades. Uh, uh, we've talked about the Chautauqua tournament that is coming up on next. I guess it would be by the time this episode drops, it'll be next weekend, uh, which is October twenty eighth. I'm building some baits for the raffle table there. Um, that's really about it. Things have not been so exciting, musky wise, in my life. It's been all work and family recently. That's not a bad thing, too. Sometimes it's nice to... I'm not complaining. Yeah, it's good. Did you notice any uh, stark contrast differences between Donnie's tracker and your tracker? Um, I feel his is definitely roomier. Um, That's that's the, the biggest thing because he's got the side console as opposed to the full windshield. I mean, it, you know, while, while I certainly... I was like, oh, man, you know, the full windshield is, is the tits, you know... You get on Donnie's and you're like, oh wow, it's really nice to have kind of more room. And then you then you got the 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 enclosure there, which I mean the enclosure is so awesome. I mean Donnie's enclosure really is just if if nobody if our listeners don't know what we're talking about, I mean this is a, a full I don't know, Donnie, how tall is it? Six foot? Six foot from okay, the so, bottom of the boat, yeah. From like so where you six stand foot in tall. the bottom of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not something where you got to crouch down and, you know, be uncomfortable. I mean, you can walk around in this. Uh, and again, this is a tracker. You know, neither Johnny or I are, are running boats that are, you know, $40,000. But to have such a stable boat with an enclosure like that, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine needing much more. You know, it was, and that was my first experience with the, with the full enclosure. And it was everything I could have asked and more. No, I mean, truthfully that uh, we could talk about the fishing season as far as catching fish has been less than uh, (laughs) what I would say ideal, but that enclosure, especially this year, because I swear to God, every day I did get out on the water this year, I used it. (laughs) It's, just about it's been a lot of cold rainy days every time I've made it out and 
uh, it was just, it just probably one of the best investments I've ever made. Truth be told, so, as far as getting so we are not sponsored there. in any way, but no. I got my cover done by uh Conneautville Canvas or Herbs Can Herbs Canvas. There's kind of two different names for it, and Donnie had uh, his full enclosure and his cover made by them. And it's basically an Amish operation in uh, Northwest PA. So obviously for our listeners and other areas, you wouldn't be relevant. But if you're in Pittsburgh or anywhere in the surrounding areas, they do amazing work. And uh, I couldn't couldn't recommend them any higher. Yeah. The detail is just <laughs> like even uh, my dad was kind of because he's fished on it a few times, but not a whole lot this year with that. And it might only been the second time he was out with that up this past weekend. And uh, like he, he was really looking at how well it's put together and how, I mean, it, although everything down to even, you know, the buttons that they mount on the boat for the cover and the, uh, the enclosure bimini, like the sidewalls of the bimini, uh, they're, you know, they match up, you know, that's, it's not like they put different buttons on and just stuck them on, like put buttons all over the place like that. That takes planning, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's very well put together. You wouldn't know that it wasn't stock. Absolutely. And I got the pleasure, I guess, of watching Donnie break it down and, you know, it kind of got helped him kind of put it, put it away and man, it didn't take more than what? six seven minutes no it's easy uh it, and it goes up relatively easy as well like it's 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 a very simple design but it works like it's i can do it by myself you know honestly sometimes just and the the cover is sometimes a little harder to do by myself than even the enclosure is the enclosure is pretty simple it goes together really really easily but the cover can just be tough because I either gotta like go from side to side or or get inside the boat and like try and walk across and roll it across the boat. But uh, but yeah, it works. They they did a hell of a job. That's all I could say. Uh, Those full enclosures are sweet. I got to see it in action when Ryan and I were out with banging bottoms and the tornado hit Andover and we were trying to put it up while trolling like twenty rods or whatever. <laughs> Then, then it started hailing and raining and like thunderstorming and it was like amazing. Like I didn't know you could just keep fishing in that stuff. Right. Your dad, your dad was freaking out, but he was nice and dry. <laughs> I was nice in, like, dry. I was in like gym shorts and a t-shirt, soaking wet, working in the back of the boat, holding a big graphite rods. rod above your head. Yeah, I mean it was it's a great experience. It's great. But we I were mean, dry. Damn it. Even last Saturday, like I said, I mean you know it didn't turn into any more fish. Uh, on Saturday, we didn't catch anything, but my dad and I would not have been out on the water for eight hours last Saturday if I didn't have that enclosure. Probably with, especially with my dad, I'd say two tops. We'd have been on our way to Perkins. <laughs> That'd have been the end of that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we got, it kept, it keeps you out there. Uh, and when you, can only get limited time like we've already been talking about like it's just one more thing where if you have a saturday to go you know 
you know, whatever. It's not like, uh, well, I'm not going because it's raining all day. Like, right. I can at least go, even if I would prefer to cast or whatever, I can go put some lines out and throw the cover up and drag baits around and have a shot. If I ever wanted to go musky fishing again, I have that option. (laughs) (laughs) If not, I could just go drive around. It's great, man. That that's a great investment you made. And it 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 even, you know, when you look at the boat, like Owen was saying how spacious it is. Like I can't get over how well your boat's laid out, but then you add that. It's like it's like being on a charter boat to me because you've got so much room in the back of the boat and you can just kind of comfortably sit in those seats and and really there's no issues getting out of the front of the boat either. Because you know me, I'm always like grabbing baits and crap out of the, cause I have to switch baits every three minutes crawling through the, the enclosure is not a problem. Even with my sea legs. No, it's uh, weird in a weird way. It almost makes like when it's up and you're trolling, it almost makes it feel bigger. It does. Yes. I couldn't I, I agree more, really man. It actually makes it feel more spacious. Yes. Uh, because you're obviously more enclosed, but yeah, it's, I think because you can, like, when I do it, because I can put everything that I'm not using, like, it's up on the bow, and you don't really even see it, and, like, everything behind you is clear, there's nothing in the way, like, it works really, and I believe that the net holder on top is a very big part of that, because you always have oh, a yeah, giant dude, that net was... somewhere in, in the boat taking up space, and being able to put that in the spot above it is huge. I was shocked that that was actually part of the design. Yeah, that's awesome. That is a great, great little thing that they have that I guess I probably didn't plug, but they have an option there where they make, essentially they'll make you a net pouch and it buckles right to the top of the bimini. And then it has, it buttons across the front. So I get up there, I shove my net right in there. They they stitched it to size for my Drifter XL. Uh, I clip one button shut just so it doesn't fall out. And so they stitched it to size for your net. Yeah, they asked. Yeah, they asked what size it was. You know, they asked me what size I wanted. I told them what size my net was, and they, you know, I think they added a couple inches on either side. But it's cool. We all add a couple inches. Yeah, yeah. You gotta make it make it look good. Oh God. Do we have, is there any other updates? Cause I want to get into how my season's going here in October. Yeah. Ryan, dude, you're like, you're come on. We've been saving <laughs> the best Sammer. for last, dude. You're like, year you, of you've Ryan been Lee. like handing you've been, you've been reeling him in hand over fist these days. I don't know about that, but I will say this. <laughs> this month has been absolutely like amazing for me out on the water. And I think it's been really a combination of like really starting to understand what these fish are doing. And this was really the first year, like, and keeping in mind, like I've gotten a lot of help, a lot of help this year from a lot of different guys. I I mean, you guys have all helped me. I've gotten help from, you know, bang and bottom. I've gotten help from Charlie and Evan and, and just all over the place. I've gotten help, like trying to understand what I need to do to be successful out there. And, running my own boat and trying to understand what these fish do. Like I will say like one of the things I noted for, for next year is 
so let me ask you guys this, Donnie, Nick, like you guys can probably speak to this. Like everybody always talks about these fish going shallow in fall, right? Like at some point. And I feel like typically that's like September for us, depending upon the weather. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, I would say so again, uh, you know, from what I've seen anyway, uh, usually you can get that. I do think it has to do with the shad. Uh, I don't know if they're spawning or what, but I believe that the shad usually move shallow too this time of year and the fish seem to follow them. That's what I would say. Like it's uh very lake specific. I feel like not all the lakes have right. that shallow bite. Yeah. I think my guess would be from what I understand, most of the shad based lakes probably more so, but maybe not. At least shad-based reservoirs maybe is probably a fair assessment, at least from what I've seen. So one of the things that I noted for next year was watching the weather and understanding like what triggers that, you know, like what triggers this movement of these fish and these bait fish to go up shallow. Like I've always known like the last couple of years, it's like, all right, at some point we're going to be fishing a little shallower than we have been you know, summer pattern, we're out a little deeper, whatever it is like, and to Nick's point, yeah, this is very specific to bodies of water, but the couple of lakes that you guys know I'm fishing, the one thing that I kind of picked up on more so after talking to guys, like everybody I've talked to the, that first cold front, like in fall, like the really first like just absolute like temperature drop from like that 80 degree weather to, you know, whatever it is, low forties, low fifties, whatever that first really like hard cold front in fall seemed like it came late this year. It wasn't in September because we were fishing 70 something degree water in September, like that for, right around the end of September into October, we had that first real hard cold front. In that cold front, these fish, the week leading up to that cold front, I was seeing tons of pictures online, like Facebook, Instagram. You know, I was hearing it from different guys, like these fish are going off. And I guess I never really kind of understood that until this year. Like, okay, what kind of triggers them to go? And I think really, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. You know, that first cold front, these this bait moves up shallow, like everything kind of goes along with it. So is that is that fair for me to say that? Like that cold front here at the beginning of October, even though it's it felt like it was a few weeks late, that kind of was the start of that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean you tell me you're the one catching fish. I don't well, I'm <laughs> asking I know it never got good. So what the I don't know. Well, I'm asking I'm asking you guys because you've been there. You've been there before. I feel like it's year to year. It's not consistent. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. It's not I've... like a hard rule. Okay. But so for this year, then we had a really, really hard cold front at the beginning, late, late September, early October. And along those lines, like it, it kind of was like presented to me by multiple people and like, Hey, like this is a good time to get out there and start really kind of focusing shallow. And without giving that type of a detail away, like, again, like I've had a lot of help, but I decided like, all right, I've got a couple extra PTO days here, 
you know, I've, I've got a little bit of time to fish. Like I haven't really had a good summer. You know, I was kind of struggling somewhat in, in August, I would say July, August, um, St. Clair aside. So I was like, we're going to try this. I'm going to take a couple days. I'm going to go and do some short line trolling. You know, Donnie, you kind of showed me how to do that initially a couple years ago. I haven't done a lot of it, but you know, my dad's fish in the spring was, was short lining. I felt pretty comfortable, you know, comfortable where like, I kind of know where I think I need to be depth wise and getting some help. I was like, all right, we're going to try this. So I'd say the first week of October, and I don't really remember the dates, but I had a Wednesday, I was looking at the weather and I was like, all right, this cold front's really starting to come in. These fish are snapping. I'm just going to pick a day that looks good weather wise, and I'm going to go out and try it. So I kind of hooked up with uh, Joey Leoparty and we decided to, to give it a shot and go out and I'll tell you, we like, everything was smooth. I picked, it's the first time I launched at this ramp. We get out on the lake, we start trolling, and within 40 minutes, we caught our first fish. And I was like, whoa, that was quick. All right, cool, like, this is great. So we kept going, like, half an hour, 40 minutes later, we get another one. And then we're kind of searching for a little bit, kind of dealing with floating weeds, because the other thing I want to get to is the weeds this time of year, because that was that was new to me. I, I wasn't thinking about this at all, but whenever you get that cold snap or that, that cold front that comes in, like those weeds start dying off and they got to go somewhere, right? Like, uh, yeah, I found out real quick, like a couple days after this, where they, where they go. So Joey and I ended up on the first trip that first day, we ended up going like five for nine and it wasn't any real big fish, but like we got a couple that were like mid thirties. And we had a couple smaller ones, but it was kind of like a confidence boost for me. Little Leah party magic. Right. And like Joey and I were talking the whole time and it's like, man, this was like crazy because we were cleaning rods a lot, but I felt like we never really marked bait. And, and Donnie, you brought up a good point to me. Like sometimes when you're in super shallow, like you don't mark bait, like it's there, but you're not marking it. Did Joey show up with a briefcase of like the heater Leah lures? He, he, Joey brought like one rod because it's because again, like we talked about this, all of my reels are right handed. People have a hard time with that. So Joey brought like one rod that was a left handed reel and he brought like two planos of trolling baits and like one plano of casting baits because we were going to cast too. So we started out, we ended up getting, we got fi five fish that day and we got a little all dicey, trolling? all trolling. We never casted because it just like, we were getting bit like every hour or less than, and we had a, uh, we had a couple like crazy things happen too. Like, I don't want to give it away too much, but we were going through an area where there's a bridge and Donnie and Nick, you guys are going to know what I'm talking about here. Like there's a very skinny section of this one area that there's two, there's two ways to get through this area, this particular bridge. And the one area is very skinny. Like I'm talking, very skinny like to the point where i was questioning whether or not i should be doing this and we're going through this area we go under this bridge and sure enough the rod goes off we didn't get the fish but it was it was just crazy we had crazy stuff happening that day and that was like the first day i got my my d's perch mojo hit too so that first trip was like a confidence boost for me in the way of like okay i can kind of get a little shallower with this boat and and just and do this and just pay attention to you know floaters and things like that 
it was a nice day. It was like, all right, we got a couple fish here. I I think I can do this. Like I want to get another day out here to give it give it another shot. So that day we went five for nine. The next day out, this is a shout out to uh to Ryan uh Chavara. You guys know Time Machine Ryan. Chef Ryan. Chef Ryan. Chef Ryan and I decided to to get out on the water a day. And it was the same deal. Like I had this kind of plan in mind. I wanted to work this one area. Um, I noticed like where we were getting fish, like the weeds were only like about a foot off the bottom. And it was just, you're basically riding contours, hitting nooks and crannies and really trying to like pull these fish out of there. So Ryan and I, we got out on the water and immediately I knew we were in trouble because what had happened is that trip with Joey was right before that cold front hit. And the trip with Ryan was directly after that cold, like a couple days after that cold front hit. And the water temps went from like, I'd say like 72 degrees to like 60. It's like 60 degrees, 62 degrees. So we had, we had a fairly large temperature drop there. And I was like freaking out because we couldn't keep lures clean. Like Ryan will tell you, like we literally could not keep anything clean and I'm looking around and I'm not seeing any floating weeds. Like you guys know how you see floaters, like chunks of floaters on the surface. Wasn't seeing it. I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. It's like, we couldn't keep them clean. And here, like I got it. I was looking at the back of the boat and I realized like all of this crap that died that's floating off the bottom is now suspended like a foot below the surface. So how many times have you guys have seen that? Because that's the first time I've ever really seen that in fall, like out there on my boat. I've seen that like when you get like turnover. Okay. I don't know if that lake really has a turnover, but like sometimes right when that happens, you get just all kinds of garbage floating everywhere. But Yeah, I mean, it was like chunks of weeds, but it was all like six inches to a foot below the surface. And it was a nightmare. We spent 10 hours just cleaning rods. And eventually we found clean water. We hooked one fish and lost it. And then probably like 25, 30 minutes later, we hooked a a fairly decent fish. It was probably like mid to upper thirties and we had it on and Ryan was on the rod and I was getting ready to net it. And the fish shook its head. And apparently I didn't even realize this but the bait flew out of the fish's mouth and went right past my head. Never saw it. Like it shot like a cannon out of this fish and it went flying right past my face and I never saw the bait. How'd you not see it? I don't know. I was looking at the fish and I just, I heard him go, Oh, and I was like, did it pop? And he's like, yeah. And I looked and I'm like, probably said a few choice words. And he, I turned around and he looked at me and he's like, bro, he's like, you almost got it right in the face. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, that bait came right past your head. I was like, never saw it. Oh, wow. Never saw it. So we ended that day over two. I felt really bad because I wanted to get Ryan to fish really bad. You know, I was telling him like, hey, we got a, we got a shot to catch some fish today. And it just like never panned out. So with that said, I had another day planned with Dano, you know, and, and I've, I've wanted to be able to get out on the water with, and, and you guys know, like Dan is one of my best friends. He's like, was my musky mentor. 
we've been through a lot together. We've done a lot of trips. We've slept in the car together. We've traveled all over New York, Kentucky, St. Clair, all over PA. I mean, we've got, I've got a lot of miles with Dano in the car and we've spent a lot of hours on the water and we've had some real, real grinders. And I just wanted to have like one day where we could go out and just bag like multiple fish and it not be like a struggle. Like, you know how it is. Like you guys all know how it is. Like I just want like a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fish day with him. Cause we've never had it. You know, the best day we've had was three fish and like, I just, I wanted it so bad. And we, we get out and we look at the weather and I'm like, man, this actually looks pretty good today. Like the wind was down. He's looking at all of his apps and it's saying like, you know, great fishing today and like all this stuff like we're heading we're on the way up and we're like we're not seeing any deer all reasons to go home yeah yeah like you know like are the cows standing exactly dude we drove past cows and he's like well the cows are standing and i was like we're not seeing any deer like we're screwed because every time (laughs) i've done like when joey and i went i must have seen like 200 deer on the way up there dude it was insane and I, I, for some reason on that lake, I directly correlate deer activity with muskies. And like, that probably sounds ridiculous. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but we didn't see a single deer on the way up. We did see like a half breed turkey chicken. Does anybody know what those things are? A turducken? I don't know what it was. It was like a big fat chicken, but it was like a turkey. A grouse? I don't know. I don't know. It was like a. What was that, Nick? Might have just been a meat chicken. I don't know. Like people have them in their yards, and they're just like chilling, like in the front yard. No so idea. I was like, I was like, all right. I'm like, you know what that means? We saw a half breed chicken turkey. I'm like, that's got to mean something, right? Like it has to. So we get out there and we start. I kind of wanted to work this one area. Yeah, I know. I kind of wanted to work this one area, and like we get out there, and it was really like one of the first times where Dana was like you're the captain, like take us to the promised land. Like, let's go. He's just going to put a couple baits out. I think we ran five rods that day. I don't even think we put the six one in. We get out on the water and sure enough, like within that first hour and a half, we got our first fish and it really kind of came in a window. Like I've noticed like two separate bite windows on these couple of trips. And we ended up getting four fish in the, in the first like hour and a half, two hour window. Uh, a couple decent ones. There was a 39 and like a 35 in there, a couple smaller ones. And then just kind of kept at it, just beating the same areas with, with the weeds, like up a, about a foot off the bottom. And we had to clean a lot, but like we ended up getting that fifth fish and we lost one too. Like I will say this, like the other thing that I learned probably a couple years ago, but I didn't really, wasn't paying attention. Like this time of year, do you guys feel like you have to set your drags a little lighter? That's something you guys would would do. I mean, I feel like I, I always keep mine light. Yeah, I never really have, but uh, I'm always pretty light. Yeah, I mean, I I keep it relatively light anyway. I I usually just especially uh, if I'm running shallow, just because I'm typically nervous of snagging, breaking shit when I'm fishing that shallow. So I usually just get it. Uh, just just tight enough that it doesn't peel off okay well so i'm I'm typically around that but 
I've had my drags a little tighter for some reason this summer. And the one thing I noticed, like whenever I got that one fish, like I tightened the drag down because I couldn't, you know how it is. Like you can't always reel when you've got too light of a drag. So I didn't like, I didn't loosen it at all. And we had another fish eat on a board, which was crazy because we were actually watching the board when the fish came up and ate it, like ate the bait. And the drag was just super tight and the fish like ripped around and it just never like stayed. It just didn't stay pinned. But to make a very long story short here, like we ended up going five for six and that was pretty much the day I was looking for with Dano on the boat. Like we really had a good time. It was fun and it just felt really good to be able to finally put something together here, like multiple trips. You know, contacting fish is one thing, but being able to bag them, it's like, it's a nice change of pace after struggling as much as I did all summer. Now, was Dan on your boat or was were you on Dan's boat? No, we were out on my boat, um, which we kind of, it was one of those things too. Like you guys ever have this scenario where like, you want to take your boat, you want to take my boat, you want to take your boat, you want to take my boat. Like kind of went back and forth on it a little bit. And he just said, you know what, we'll just jump. I'll jump in with you and we'll go. So that worked out really well. Um, got to kind of see a different, a different launch, an area that I've, I haven't really fished a whole lot. I did get one fish in this area back in the spring, but it was just, it was really awesome, dude. It was like, it, it was cool to be able to put it together with Joey and then kind of almost replicate some of that with Ryan, but then have another solid day with Dan. Like it was, it was something that I won't forget. And, you know, it's a combination. Like I got to run some baits that I haven't been running. You know, I've been running a lot of perch baits in the summer, trying to get a little deeper, um, kind of going back to the Mojos and the Wiley five and a halfs. Um, some jointed baits, like things like that. It, it really is kind of a nice change of pace, like short lining and even cleaning. It's a lot easier when you've got, you know, a couple feet of line out the side of the boat. You just kind of have to pull that thing up and clear the weeds and not have to set them back out. So it's a pretty awesome way to fish. I really, really am enjoying kind of short lining, getting in shallow and, and working some contours and finding weeds and it's been like a really awesome learning experience for me that I think is going to help me some in the spring too. So that was pretty cool. I, I do want to mention one thing with Joey and this was the first time this has ever happened to me trolling. Like I was, we were getting towards the end of the day and I was clearing the rods. Joey was on the wheel and I was, I was bringing one of my mojos up to the surface and I had like a, I would say like low to mid forties fish just come out of nowhere as I was reeling the bait in and just freaking whacked it. Like as I was like getting ready to pull it out of the water. And when it happened, like the fish hit the bait and actually like the speed of the, like as we were moving forward trolling, like the fish came out, hit the bait and immediately got ripped behind the boat. Cause it actually got hooked for a second. And just to watch like a fish come out of nowhere and just crush a bait as you were reeling it in and just like watch it get sucked behind the boat and like start thrashing. That was, dude, that was insane. Like I've, I haven't had that happen to me at all. So I don't know how many times you guys have seen that, but that is freaking wild. Fortunately, I have not yet gotten to see that. I keep waiting for it to happen. Nick had it happen up on Nipissing a couple years ago. I feel like that's always like a mental I don't know, just a mind mind bender. Then you're like, do I run? Do I run short lines in the middle of you know twenty feet of water? But 
The other thing that messed with me was the speed. Because you got to think you're going at four, you know, whatever miles an hour. Right. And like, I'm reeling this bait in. And like, I, I you know, <laughs> it's do you speed up? <laughs> you know, like, is that, should I be doing that right now if a fish is going to come out and s- hammer this bait as I'm reeling it in at four and a half miles an hour? I mean, you wonder if that fish was like trailing it and this is like a figure eight for it, you know, something change in speed that just made it like, berserk on it or something like how you know like that that fish could have been like trailing it for the whole time or something yeah i i have no idea but it was really awesome to see that and i i know like if you had to live scope you'd know yeah it's true <laughs> you ain't lying there but yeah i, I probably still wouldn't have caught it though so yeah like words can't express those three trips because i felt like i i kind of do you ever feel like you know what you're doing like I got to the point where I was like, do I, do I know what I'm doing or am I still like blind luck here? And again, like I had a lot of help, so I can't, I can't take any credit for this other than like, you still got to go out there and fish, you know, you still got to find areas. You still got to keep your baits clean. You still got to figure out the speed aspect of it. Um, but man, when you put it together like that, it's, probably something i won't forget and i know donnie like you, do you remember this couple i know you remember this a couple years ago you and your dad had like a really big day out on this lake yes you guys, you guys had like what was it 16 17 18 fish or something like that no no not that. I thought we, it had, was... we were 10 for 16 okay uh, we had a 10 fish day 16 bites uh that was in early spring and yeah i mean that was the most action i've ever had you know, musky fishing in my life, uh, by far. That was a really good day. We caught a few, nothing big, but a few, uh, I think the biggest one was like 43, 42, 43, a couple like right around 39, 40, and then a lot of like mid thirties, but it, it was a really fun day for sure. Yeah. And it was just one of those days where you couldn't do anything wrong. Uh, they don't happen nearly enough or at least you know not in my experiences but yeah we it was more or less it took us longer to address a fish usually and get lines set back up than it did to get the next bite it was how quickly can you get them unhooked get back moving get set up and and do it again yeah and we didn't it wasn't like that but i was getting enough action to where i felt like it was getting me through an eight eight nine hour day with like it was just like holy crap it's almost dark you know what i mean like it was just there wasn't any real i don't want to say there wasn't downtime because there was but it was like even getting like five six nine bites in a day like dude it's it's unbelievable how fast it goes Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, like you get bit once an hour musky fishing, you're having a pretty darn good day, unless you're only out there for an hour. And even still, you're having a pretty good day. Yeah. So, uh, like, it, it, all of this, all of this time, like, I, I took three days off of work. So it wasn't that much time, but, but really, like, it's enough time for me to start feeling like I can do this. So, to kind of like round this whole thing out, uh, I know it's almost 11 o'clock here. I don't want to keep you guys too much later, but you guys know that 
I had a bunch of goals this year for the boat and numbers never matter. Like anybody that, that wants to, and, and I think we're all guilty of this too, but like numbers for musky fishing never matters. Like it's something that you should not really focus on as a musky fisherman. How many fish am I catching? How many fish per hour? You can track that stuff if you want to, but to me, it's not important. It was important my first couple of years because I felt like I needed to prove something for some reason. But the thing of it is, is like I had all these goals. There were some numbers goals I had in mind. I wanted to get a couple of first fish on the boat. My dad's, my wife's. I wanted to have, you know, Dan have a good day. I wanted to be able to go out and share this with other people that I normally wouldn't be able to get out with. And I've been able to do all of that, but there was one thing that was still hanging out there and that was Deanna's first muskie. Like that's been on my, my mind like all year because I wanted her to see the process. I wanted her to see and understand why do I need to spend a hundred dollars on Nipex? Why do I need to have a net? Why do I need a bump board? Why are all these lures important? What am I doing with these rod holders? So on and so forth. Like I wanted to be able to share that with her, but I wanted her to understand why I do this. So like this week we had an opportunity to get out and I've only had her musky fishing one other day. We spent a half day, five hours or so up on Lake Arthur. Couldn't get anything going. She kind of got a good understanding of what it is like to troll. But, you know, I kept telling her, like, I want to get you out on the boat whenever the leaves are changing. You know, I want to spend some time out there with you and try to get a fish in the bag. So we decided on Monday, I looked at the weather and I decided... We're probably going to have one more crack, maybe two more cracks at this. What are you doing Wednesday? Can we take off? We decided to take the day. Somehow I got the blessing from work to do this. And we decided to just blow the day off and go fish. We actually got a really late start. Like I wanted her to sleep in. I didn't want to drag her out there at like six in the morning. You guys, we've talked about this like, you got to be respectful of them and you got to have snacks and drinks and you got to make it comfortable, all that stuff for somebody that doesn't do this. It's important. So I feel like this time of year too, the morning's not right. Exactly. It's harder. Not important. Yeah. You got to wait for things to warm up. And I knew the wind was going to be a little bit rough. She did not dress for that at all. Like I tried to explain it, but the best way I can say this is, 55 to 60 degrees on the lake is not 55 to 60 degrees on your back porch. Like it's just not, it's different. And depending upon the wind, like you just, you got to be able to dress for that. But we made the trip. If you have an enclosure and a buddy heater, that's true. You're absolutely (laughs) right. And I don't have that. I just don't. Good point. Good point. I'm exposed. And you know, it's funny because Todd Lee, a party messaged me and he's like, you want to take my boat out? He's like, you want to take take her out and put the oh, enclosure wow. out? Yeah, he, he said. Holy cow. He said, you That's can come. Like, it's like your uncle letting you use his, uh, his yeah. Cadillac for prom. Well, I laughed because I was like, there's no way in heck I'm taking your boat out. Number one, I'm not going to be responsible for putting that Ranger on the water and getting it off. So we get up there. Um, we get up to the lake and I pull into the lot. And some of you guys know what happened there. I don't know if I should say it or not, but. Let's just say there's a uh, an individual that is not very high on Ryan Reed, okay? And he's <laughs> – we've had some disputes in the past, and I really was not 
interested in seeing this person and or leaving my truck sitting there unattended at this ramp. So I, I talked to a couple people. I was like, all right, we're going to move. So we get up there late. I had to make an adjustment to the ramp. We get over to this other ramp. I'm like, all right, let's, let's just launch and see what we can do. I launched the boat and I realize I'm in like six inches of water. Like, have you guys, like, that's the other thing I didn't account for here is that the lake is now falling rapidly. Like Dan and I noticed that it dropped probably one to two feet because the offset on my chart was way off. And I had to set that when Joey and I were out. And again, for when Ryan and I were out. So I didn't take into account the fact that the lake's dropping. So we, we end, we end up getting out of the, out there. I'm like, all right, we're on the water. It's like 20 after 12. Let's just run over there and we're going to hit this area. So I make like the 10 minute drive across the lake. I get rod set. We we're about a quarter of the way into this area that I wanted to troll. And I kid you guys not that rod goes off and it goes off authoritatively. And I am like, Oh my God, that's a fish. And I said it like I said it out loud. I was like, that's a fish. And she's like, what? We've been out here. We like rods have been in the water for like four minutes. That can't be a fish. I'm like, that's a fish. I jump up. I grab the rod. I'm holding. So the boat's still moving. I didn't slow it down. I'm holding the rod. And I I'm I'm like holding it for a second. And I'm like, is that a snag? And I'm like, I pause for a second and I'm like, no, that's a fish. Like, come on, Ryan. Like, you know, better than this. All it was, was like straight pressure and weight. And I'm like, okay. So I set the drag. I go to hand her the rod and that fish shakes its head. And I swear to you guys, I had one hand on the rod. It almost ripped the rod right out of my hand. I was like, that's a good fish. Grab the rod. And I went through the whole process with her before we started. I was like, if this happens, you need to just rod tip in the air, hold pressure on the fish and don't stop reeling until I tell you to stop reeling. And that's what we're going to do. So I hand her the rod and she's like expletives are coming out of her mouth. Like she's just like, Holy crap, this is happening. And <laughs> I'm, I run around and I try to go to clear the, the first side rod because it was a down rod. So I wanted to get that side rod out of the way. And as I pulled the rod out of the holder, I look over and I see the leader. I don't see the fish yet, but I see the leader and I'm like, Oh God, like it's here. Like the fish is at the back of the boat. Yeah. There's so not I, a lot of time to clear lines when you, when you're fishing with just your leaders in the water. Yeah. It well, fast. I had, so to be transparent, I had six feet of line out on that bait. Not much. Yeah. It's not much, but it was enough when Dan and I were out there because the fish were pulling enough drag to at least allow me to clear one rod, maybe reel a second one up and grab the net. This fish was here like now. And I'm like, crap. So I drop the rod. I grab the net. I go to the back of the boat. She slides behind me. And at this point she can't see. So she doesn't have the experience to like guide the fish to me. Right. I had shut the motor off at that point. Now, keep in mind, we've got 10, probably 10 plus mile per hour winds right now blown out of the south and we were heading south. So when I killed the boat, we're, we're immediately like drifting backwards. So I go to the back of the boat. This fish is now directly under the motor 
I have one foot in my splash well and one foot like down in the boat. I'm holding the net with my right arm and she can't get the fish out from underneath the boat at all. She couldn't do it. So in my infinite wisdom, I reach down under the motor. I grab the leader. I rip the fish out from under the boat and just swing it out to the side of the boat. So now the fish is out at the side of the boat and it's now wrapped in the line for the side rod. And as I'm reeling this, as I'm realizing this all at the same time, there's two baits attached to the, basically to that line in the, I'd run over, I drifted over the board. So somehow in that quick of amount of time for me killing the motor, I now have three lures connected to this fish. So as I swung it out away from the boat, I told her to, I just yelled, I said, lift. And she lift up the rod. I <laughs> drilled the net into the water. The fish went dead center of the bag, right into the bag. And like the other two baits are just stuck on the bag. I pin the bag up on the freaking on the, on the uh, cleat. I turn around and I just look at her like face to face. And I just go, <laughs> and, she looks, and she looks at me and we're like hugging and slapping five and we're going nuts. And it was like, it wasn't like an, it wasn't like the, my normal, like amount of energy. It was like very subdued. And then I looked around and I realized we were just tangled on everything. Like every single rod was tangled on everything. <laughs> and I just, I looked at her and I said, I, I was like, babe, I was like, we did it. I was like, we, she's in the bag. I was like, we got her. And she's like, she looked at me and she's like, that was complete chaos. She's like, I was mid sentence talking to you. The next thing I know I was reeling in a fish and it was in the bag. Yep. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much how it happened. So I settled down. Like I get everything out of the way. I had to cut hooks. I had to cut a hook on it. And it was just one of those things like, we got to settle down and I'm like looking at this fish in the bag and I'm like, I'm like that fish is over 40 inches. I'm like, I had no idea. Cause when I saw it, I looked and I was like, that's a good fish. But like, I didn't think it was over 40 and I'm staring at it in the bag and I'm like, that's actually a fat fish. And like, the more I looked at it, I was like, wow, that's like a really good first muskie. You know, like that's a fish that I would have been like really <laughs> really pumped about to get. And honestly, that's the second biggest fish in the boat for me this year. So we got everything cleaned up. I, I took her out of the bag. D looked at it and she just, she, I wish you guys, I wish I could have got a picture of her face because I pulled that fish out of the bag and she's like, that is a huge fish. And I'm like, it's a good one. It's not a giant, but it's a good one. It's, you know, and we, we ended up taking our pictures. We bumped it real quick. And I put it back in the water. She did not want to hold it. She like refused. She's like, no, I'm, I'm good. And when I, I brought it in, I'm like, you're going to get in here. Like take a selfie with me. Like get in here. Like this is important to me. I'm like holding the fish. And she's like the whole time she's like jerking. She's like, is it going to snap at me? Is it going to snap at me? Like she kept pulling away. I'm like, get in here. Like we need this picture. So we take the picture and I put the fish over and eventually she released. And it was just like, I turned around and looked at her. And we were just like in total shock. Couldn't believe it. Four minutes. We were on the water awesome, for like man. four to five minutes and it happened. 
you know, really trolling for four to five minutes and it was over. And, you know, she looked at me and she's like, can we go home now? And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, no, but yes. I'm like, no, but yes. We got to stay out for a little bit here because I might want to try to get another one. See if it's a bite window or something. And as soon as we released that fish and I got everything cleaned up, I set the spread and that wind just started pounding. And I looked at her and she was cold and my mission was accomplished. And I was trying to get to an area where we weren't getting pounded, which never really happened. So we spent three and a half hours out there and decided to go to the winery and, and get dinner. But it was probably... I would say the best justification I could give to her as to why I do this. Her hand was, her hands were shaking. You know, she said something to me too. She goes, I didn't get a lot of energy out of you on that. I expected more. And I was like, I guess I'm in shock, but she's like, you're not shaking and you're not bleeding at all. Like no blood. And I like looked at my hands. I was like, you're freaking right. I'm not like, what happened? How did I not get cut there? So Man, it was it was something I'll never forget. I, I did laugh pretty hard when she said we released that fish and like we started trolling and she's like, this trolling thing doesn't feel like fishing. And, I, and all I wanted to do would be like, you know what? You need to get out with like Donnie or Owen and cast for 12 hours on Nipissing right now just so you can you can see it like this doesn't feel like fishing. So that's uh yeah, well, that's a great. That's awesome, man. Good. Good for her. Good for you. Uh, just to give her a little taste of why we do this stupid shit. Yeah. And I, she, so she wants chaos. Give her a grizzly wintergreen next time. Yeah. yeah. That's chaotic. That's chaotic. We're, uh, <laughs> it, it was just, it was like one of those things. Like it was right up there with my dad's fish and that, that mojo, you guys saw the picture of it. That's like my fabled flow perch mojo that, Donnie, you caught a fish on that bait in, in the tournament a couple years ago. I've had a lot of memories with that lure. A lot of fish caught on it. I don't know. It was just, it was something special, like to get my dad's first muskie on it. And then I was hoping she was going to get bit on D's perch, but that, that color has been hot, 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 like, <laughs> like hot eight or nine fish out of the 11 we boated and three trips were on that color. So nice. it, uh, it didn't pan out, but Flow Perch got bit and yeah, said it was something I'll never forget. So super pumped about it. That's awesome. Congrats yeah, that's awesome. to D. Congrats to you, Rye. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know I know several of our, our, our esteemed hosts here wanted to kind of get this done around eleven and we've we've exceeded that by fifteen minutes. So I appreciate it. Every, you guys giving us a, a little bit of grace period here. My screen's off. I've been sleeping. What was Ryan yeah. talking about? Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I know I went long there. I'm sorry, but I had right. to share. Yeah, that was awesome. That's a great story. Uh, that was, yeah, congrats. That's awesome. So, all right, boys. Well, I think it's time to wrap this one up here tonight. Yeah, we can we do one quick thing, though? Uh, yeah. Donnie, you got a Lake Arthur tournament coming up. That's right. Yes, sir. Uh, the rule sheet's going to be coming out this week. Uh, I was actually just talking with my president on the uh way home today and throughout the the last couple of days uh finalized the rule sheet uh it's going to be November 4th uh Saturday November 4th one day event from 8 a.m. to 5:30 p.m. 
out of the 528 launch registration 7 a.m to 745 uh we're gonna try and do some raffles or some things afterwards at the uh weigh in if you will as well uh i got a few few people that already said they would uh donate some baits i know owen said he was gonna throw a few things for us hopefully i'm gonna try and see if if mac big can come up with anything between now and then for a raffle uh our buddy jake latvik is gonna offer up a bait that'll be there to raffle off and uh brady nice. mart said he was gonna send something too so uh, there may well, be yeah. a couple more as well. Should have a little nice little raffle table and should be a good time. Hopefully we catch some uh, catch some fish. Uh, we did it a little later this year. It's usually a uh, two day event in like September, but talking to some guys in the club, everybody kind of liked the idea, or at least the guys that I talked to about trying to do something a little later in the year, more of like a fall big fish hunt, if you will. So. We'll see what happens. Might even have Dawn Senior's Wild Pimey Grill going at the weigh-in <laughs> afterwards. I'm not nice. going to make any promises yet. I'm working <laughs> on him. I'm working on him. He, he's uh, he's coming around, I think. But I don't want to make Bucktails that promise. Is willing yet. to co-sponsor the Wild Pimey Wild Pimey Grill if he's <laughs> if he's interested. I'll, I'll buy I'll buy the food if he grills it up. All right, I'll let him know. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. Are you grilling it from the side of your boat? Yeah, yeah. I'll be grilling the whole time. I'm actually not going to fish. I'm just going to drive around with the rule sheet and a boat grill and deliver burgers (laughs) to everybody all day. (laughs) Burgers and penis-shaped foods. Sign me up. This is amazing. That's not happening, by the way. Well, we're looking forward to that. We also got that tournament up on Chautauqua, the big baller. So that's coming up here next weekend. October 28th. Yep. It'll be yeah. next weekend. Nice. So check that out too. If you're, if you're willing to get out there and do some casting only. Musky Zinc chapter 69. Yeah. All right. That's all. I just wanted to make sure we covered that. All right. I'm going to bed. All right, all right boys. Yeah. Let's <laughs> say. Bye, right. fellas. We'll see Bye. you guys. See ya. Later. Bye. I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play. O don't